You are listening. You are listening to the fly. You are listening to the fly fishing ninety seven podcast. If I'm not fly fishing or going on some adventure to go fly fishing, uh, if I'm in Whistler, I'm usually in front of my computer, designing new hat designs. I've got another company called Freebird Agency, which is more of a brand company. So I'm 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 running that. It's based out of Vancouver, but I live in Whistler full time. So I'm, I'll be doing a ton of surfing and a ton of fly fishing. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are just working, 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 and they're they're gonna die rich or just die miserable or whatever. And I, you know, at the end of the day, life's short, and uh, might as well be having some fun. And if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. So time to change directions. So we. Uh, we're always going on fishing trips and you know you have to have a, a special ethic work ethic to be able to do that you have to be able to work late in the night some nights or wake up super early in the morning and get some work done in the morning to make it happen uh but we've we found a pretty decent balance we're able to you know, we've got a tacoma that's set out with a bed and stuff in the back so we do a lot of trips into the bush for anywhere from a week to a month or more a bit of mountain biking tons of fishing and uh, stopping my little fly shops. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires, bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Well, we got a really cool show for you today. We're going to welcome Noel Fox to the program from Hook and Vice. He's out of Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. He also owns a company called Freebird. Now, they build powerful brands. We're going to talk about how to build your brand, how to build a brand. Really inspirational guy to chat with. I think you'll enjoy it. Also, I want to... uh, acknowledge the top 10 cities this week on the podcast do that in just a moment want to let you know the program as always is brought to you by the good folks at the fly crate since 2015 the fly crate has taught thousands of anglers world-class fly fishing techniques and they provide unique flies gear and tackle the fly crate is an american-owned company and is committed to helping usa veterans by dedicating two percent of sales to project healing waters Top 10 places for downloads on the podcast this week. We want to say thanks for listening to the folks in Arlington, Texas, Mountain View, California, Burlington, Ontario, Novi, Michigan, Kansas City, Missouri, Vancouver, BC, South Paris, Maine, Roselle, Australia, Maiden, North Carolina, and Houston, Texas. This time around, we want to welcome to the program Noel Fox. Now, Noel is from Hook and Vice out of Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. They are making some pretty sweet caps, some gear designed in BC, and I love their mission. Work less, fly fish more. What could go wrong with that? Noel, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure to be here, Mark. Thanks. I always like to start the show off and, and kind of dig into your history a little bit. How did you come to discover fly fishing? Well, I grew up in a in a family where all my uncles and were guides. Actually, when I was a kid, my, my, my mom's family was pretty poor. So it was really, when they fished, they fished for meat to feed the family and they would hunt to, to feed the family. And I kind of grew up in, in, in that and, when I was about three years old, my dad died in a motorbike accident. So my uncles took me under their wing and, and taught me, you know, how to appreciate the outdoors and, and how to fish. 
and how to hunt. I don't hunt a lot anymore. I do a lot of fishing instead, but uh, I think maybe I started around three or four years old. I remember fishing all the time. There's lots of pictures of me fish as big as I am. So it's just been a huge part of my life since the beginning. Whereabouts did you grow up, Noel? I grew up mostly on Vancouver Island. Okay. Uh, in various places. My mom was a bit of a hippie after my dad died, so we lived off the grid quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I uh, lived down on Sombrio Beach for a while and in other various places with no running water and no electricity and and always had a always had a fly rod and always had a fishing rod and I I did a lot more you know bobber and worm when I was a little little kid and then uh, for a while we moved to the Kootenays in British Columbia and we had a uh, about ten acres on a river on Slocan River mm. and I was pretty young at the time but. Every day after school, I'd run down to the river and start chucking flies and, and just trying to figure out, you know, what the fish were eating and even tying it. You know, as a kid, and they didn't have YouTube or anything back then. I didn't really know that people tied flies. I just bought them in the store. But me and my, my buddy Christian Willows, we started tying our own flies as well because we could never get the dry flies that we bought in the store to float well enough. And they were pretty horrible. My He still has a few of them. I lost all mine. But it... uh. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. Just just oh, we had I had two brothers as well, and uh, and my one brother Jason, he's on our team, and he, he's he's a vegetarian, but he's an avid fly fisherman. And he'll bonk fish if if it's a meat fishery, and could, you know not a lot, but he'll bonk one and take it home to his wife who loves eating fish, and they'll smoke it. But there's not a lot of vegetarian fly fishermen out there, so it's it's kind of funny. I always thought fish were vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, they are they are they are delicious. They, it's funny, I, I, you know, I, I, I do release a lot of fish, and I, I barely bonk any fish unless I go out with my cousins who are, you know, they took over their, their dad's business, and they're all guides now as well. And I'll go out in the ocean and and put a few in the bucket and vacuum pack it, and that'll be the fish we eat for the winter. And in the rivers, very rarely do I bonk a fish anymore. So, you got to tell me. Who, who was your biggest influence growing up? Like who kind of took you by the hand and, and, and got you into fly fishing and, and fishing in general? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, well, uncle, my uncles, Dave Fife and Bruce Fife are uh, a couple of real characters. And they absolutely love fishing. So from a very young age, I was fishing and hunting with them nonstop. And I looked up to them. They were my idols. And then if I don't know, it was it was a few years after that that my uncle Bruce, who's a phenomenal fly fisherman, Dave Fife, Bruce Fife, and Gordy Fife, all three of them loved to fish. Uh, my uncle Dave and Uncle Bruce were avid fishermen. Uh, I remember as a kid going out in the canoe off Campbell River and just buzz bombing for coho and filling the boat and some pretty hairy situations with the riptides and and everything but lots lots of fishing and uh even as a as a kid I'd, in high school I'd, my uncle was a steelhead guide on the gold river actually both my uncles my uncle bruce as well was a steelhead guide i remember lots of days going down to the river and in a morning you might catch 20 fish just me and uh uh yeah and then my uncle bruce who's an amazing fly fisherman he's the one that really got me into fly fishing more than just going out and chucking a fly and you know, trying to get a, a, a fish to hit a dry fly. 
he's the one that really got me into tying flies and paying attention to uh, what the fish are eating. And, and yeah, he taught me a lot. He, he's a really good guy. Noel, where, where were you then? Were you on the island or what city were you living? Uh, I was, well, when I started fishing, I was on Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all my all my young salmon fishing, steelhead fishing, river fishing, uh, a lot of it's on the island. Actually, I'm heading off to the island tomorrow to do a little bit of fishing as well. Nice. Um, I love it there. It's you go to North Island. It's it's there's not a lot of people. There's a lot of country. You see a lot of bears, elk, um, not as many deer as you used to see. Actually, even grizzlies. Last time I was there, I saw a grizzly bear as well, which is new. They never they never used to be there. They've just moved in in the last few years. Hmm. You were saying you you lived in the Slocan too. Speak to that area because I I spent some time in that neck of the woods. I find that really inspirational. It's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, the Kootenays are amazing. The uh, the vibe, the pace of life is pretty slow, and there's a lot of amazing outdoor opportunities. A lot of great lakes you can hike up to to fish. Uh, a lot of really great rivers, especially if you go a little bit a little bit more east closer to the Rockies. Boy, the rivers are just absolutely full of, of big cutthroat that are hungry for a dry fly. So my wife, she loves mountain biking and she loves hiking. She loves fly fishing as well. But as, as long as there's a, a hike involved, so we do a lot of big, big hikes, multi-day hikes where we'll hike up to a lake or hike up to some river that's hard to get to. I want to take a couple minutes, Noel, to kind of get to know you and and kind of your backyard you good for a few rapid fire questions sure favorite tunes to listen to on the way to the water maybe metallica kill them all <laughs> which I, I i hardly ever listen to metallica but you know sometimes some good heavy music yeah if if, if especially if i'm a bit sleepy no i hear you it's kind of like release them all not kill them all yeah <laughs> favorite fly pattern you can't live without Nick, if you had one fly pattern, Noel, in, in your neck of the woods in, in Whistler, British Columbia, Canada, what what would your go-to fly be? Well, my my go-to fly that I use all the time is a is a is an Adam's dry fly, mm-hmm. a little gray one or a little brown one, and that's just for summer fishing because I love dry fly fishing more than anything. Uh, my first favorite fly was a uh, real coachman. That was my absolute favorite. And I think in our, my neck of woods, you know, I do a lot of river fishing. So any kind of streamer, mm-hmm. anything that'll catch a steelhead, a bull trout, a rainbow trout, and a cutthroat, then that's kind of, if I had one, it would probably be a, maybe a pink and white flesh fly. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite place to talk fly fishing. Is there a coffee shop in Whistler, a fly shop, a watering hole? And God knows there's lots of watering holes in Whistler. Is there a certain spot you like to go to talk fishing? Well, Whistler is pretty, there used to be a decent fly shop in Whistler, but that's long since gone. Uh, no, there's, there's, Whistler is a bit of a funny town. Like all, all my fly fishing buddies live in Squamish. Mm-hmm. And I'll go down to my buddy Elliot Elliot Brass. He's on our team, and he's he's a great fly tire. And he's got his fly tying room with multiple vices, and we'll put back a few and talk a bunch of silly stories and and tie up some flies. And they look pretty good at the beginning, and then if we get into a couple, then they start to look a bit goofy. But yeah, usually just over at friends' house. Okay, we're gonna talk sports, and I don't know if this is your language or not. Are we talking Canucks, 
BC Lions, Whitecaps, Seahawks. What's your go-to in sports? Well, as a, as a kid, my grandfather was French-Canadian, so I've always had a soft spot for the Habs. But I'm definitely a Canucks fan through and through. And, uh, you know, it would be great to see them win the Cup at some point. Uh, it's cool, actually. Jake Verdan and one of the Canucks, he loves Hook and Vice. So he's always on TV interviewing. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I always get a ton of calls whenever he's on television because he's always rocking a Hook and Vice hat. So that's, that's kind of another reason to like the Canucks. He had, he had a big and, night. And soccer. He had a big night oh, against the Bruins the other night. Did he? He put a few down, put a few away? <laughs> hey, um, when you're not fly fishing, you're yeah. doing what? Well, I'm, I'm, if I'm not fly fishing or, or going on some adventure to go fly fishing, uh, if I'm in Whistler, I'm usually in front of my computer designing new hat designs. Uh, right now I've got to des- design all the patches. Actually, the patches are all designed, but I'm doing the next season's line, so I've got to get all the print specs and stuff for that or... I just noticed some mistakes on our website when I do those. And uh, I've got another company called Freebird Agency, which is more of a brand company. So I'm, I'm, I'm running that. It's based out of Vancouver, but I live in Whistler full time. So I'm kind of running that virtually. And then I'm just about to go down in about less than a week now. I'm going down to Costa Rica for almost a month. So I'll be doing a ton of surfing and a ton of fly fishing. Well, that, so those that, are my two favorites. That reminds me, your slogan, your mission, to work less, fly fish more, to be a great storyteller, live the dream, pack it in, pack it out. Sounds like sounds like you're doing all right. Yeah, like work life balance is super important for us. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are just working, 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 and they're they're gonna die rich or just die miserable or whatever. And I, you know, at the end of the day, life's short. And uh, might as well be having some fun. And if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. So time to change directions. So we uh, we're always going on fishing trips, and you know you have to have a, a special ethic, work ethic, to be able to do that. You have to be able to work late into the night, some nights, or wake up super early in the morning and get some work done in the morning to make it happen. Uh, but we've we found a pretty decent balance. We're able to you know, we've got a the Tacoma that's set out with a bed and stuff in the back. So we do a lot of trips into the bush for, you know, uh, anywhere from a week to a month or more. Yeah. Uh, and a bit of mountain biking, tons of fishing and uh, stopping by little fly shops along the way and just talking, seeing what the, you know, I, I love supporting the local fly shop and uh, you know, I, I tie my own flies and, and, and I don't, you know, I, I love tying my own flies and I don't typically love buying store-bought flies, but if I go to a new fly shop, I'll always buy a few flies and uh, just to show them, say thanks for the stories and the good times. And then I'll take those flies and usually I tap a bunch more. What's the biggest lesson, Noel, that you've learned through your fly fishing journey, if you had to pick one? Well, for for me, it's 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 more the adventure it's it's not just about catching fish i can go out and have a great day and not catch any fish that doesn't happen tons but it does happen once in a while and it's it's kind of everything in between you know mm-hmm. it's, it's spending quality time with my brothers or my my buddies who i go out with a lot or my my wife and my dog my dog absolutely loves fishing and she's if there's a dry fly in the water she won't even take a piece of bacon she absolutely loves 
fly fishing in a weird way like oh maybe even more than me we'll fish for 12 hours and she'll refuse to to get off the river <laughs> what kind of dog is this a uh, half healer and half super mutt ah, her name's costa probably smart yeah, as a costa. button pretty smart yeah a little bit too smart sometimes but yeah. a good damn good dog sounds like a working dog yeah yeah she's uh definitely a hard worker Name a couple of uh, your favorite movies, and they don't have to be recent, just kind of your go-to. If you're to sit down and watch a movie on some chill time, what are you watching? Uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> okay. It goes back a few years. You're, you're, you're freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, that's going back a few years. Most recent book, yeah. m- most recent book you've read? Most recent book I've read. Well, I've I mostly... I, I like, I've got a, a few fly fishing books, like kind of more like homework kind of books that I'm, I'm slugging through, but mostly I listen to business books or stories about entrepreneurs who have built something successful and found good balance in their life. Cool. So yeah, any, anything, anything that's going to teach me something a little bit more and give me a bit of an edge, then I'm usually all over it. And I drive a lot. So I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. What's the best job you've ever had? The, the first job I remember wasn't even a job. I, I went in an art competition when I was about four years old at the Coombs Country Fair, and I won first prize. And I wasn't four years old. I was probably like seven years old. And I won first prize. And there was a check with money. And I, got, I had money all of a sudden. I was like, holy man, all I have to do is paint a picture or draw a picture, and I'm going to get money. So... Right there, I was like, hey, I'm going to become an artist, a commercial artist, and get paid to do art. So when I was in third year of Emily Carr, uh, the art college on Van- or in Vancouver, uh, I started my first company, and I've never actually really worked for anybody else. So I've, I've had with, – with, I started off with a company called Cowie & Fox that ran for many years, and I started up Freebird Agency about 10 years ago, and uh, – so I, I have a million bosses because I've got a lot of different clients. But, yeah, I've never really, never had a, a real job. You're talking about Coombs. Isn't that the place with the goats on the roof? I seem to remember some goats, of that. Yeah, goats on the roof. They're, they're yeah. still there. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, if you if you haven't been there, it's on Vancouver Island. It's a, it's a, a grass-covered roof, and it's full of goats. Pretty cool spot. Pretty pretty artsy out there. I love it. It's uh, it kind of gets you in touch with nature and kind of, you know, not unlike the Kootenays, some of the areas you're talking about. There's a lot of that kind of uh, good energy, kind of laid back, get into it kind of vibe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I, from high school, I moved to Vancouver and lived in Vancouver for quite a long time. And I'd get my fix of the nature by moving out, not moving out, going on. You know, weekend trips or or getting in the bush here and there but it's certainly nice now to live in whistler and just be such close access to everything i don't have to battle any traffic to go in the river i can be in squamish in 35 minutes and be on three or four different rivers mm. and then in whistler in the summertime when it's not frozen where there's five lakes all lakes have fish in them and the closest one's about a five minute bike ride so me and my dog walk over and 
just take her for a spin and we'll just bring always bring a fly rod and do some casting around the outside of the the lake and get into some little little rainbows and yeah it's it's nice that's good stuff. I want to I want to jump into Freebird a little bit. So we're talking with Noel Fox today from Hook and Vice. He's got some really cool merchandise. I love what you're doing. I, I see it on Instagram. I see a lot of people wearing your stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I'm curious about the big picture, Freebird. So building brands, building brands in general is what you specialize in. And, and talk talk to us a little bit about what, what that means to you and, and, and how you how do you build a brand? Well, when I was young, I just kind of did it intuitively. And now we've got a really lock solid process. And uh, basically, well, a lot of it's psychology. You're tight. You're you're figuring out what people, what certain demographics of people are going to like. And then you create a brand that's going to create a strong emotional, emotional connection with that particular group of people. So we do a lot of work with this guy called Brian Scudamore, and he's he's awesome. And he has 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW One Day Painting, uh, Shack Shine, big home service brands. They're almost a $500 million business. And with them, he's really great. He lets us do whatever we want. We just come up with these, these, these brands that just grow so quickly. And there's other companies you'll see that they don't, they kind of hit a stumbling block and they don't really move forward because there's people that are just doing what they want to do and they're not really thinking about their, their audience. I think you'll see that too. Anytime you go into a, a, a fly shop and there's a bunch of really great guys and everyone's friendly, that's that's also part of the brand. So that's a fly shop you want to go into again. And when I travel back down to, you know, to Bend, Oregon, I'll go back into the Bend fly shop because they're just such awesome people there. And then you go to these other fly shops where they're just like, it's very rare, but you get in any shop, any shop, bad coffee shop anywhere, but you go somewhere where the, the, the people aren't friendly and, that's also part of the brand. So you have to make sure that you uh, you just really think about every single touch point. Just to let you know, I'm on I'm on uh, I'm on day ten of the master cleanse. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what that means, but okay, it's the dumbest cleanse ever. It's it's all you have for ten days is you have for more, I guess, but there's supposed to be ten days. You have uh, lemon, maple syrup, cayenne pepper, and water. Oh boy. And that's all you have. So for for ten days? For ten days. And I'm on my last day, the last night of the last day. So I'm usually a little bit sharper. <laughs> I'm I'm more like a, a sharp crayon today. <laughs> so when when can you have a glass of beer or wine? Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. You better you better eat something first. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll have some. It's because I'm going on this surf trip, and I've just haven't been uh, as as fit as I normally am. So I needed to, to to shave off a few pounds to to be nimble in the water. So there you have it. I love what. And at the same time, it makes me a little bit dumber. So I love what you're saying about the brand. So I, I want to get back to that a little bit. We'll get back to fly fishing, okay. but because I, I, I know that's your underlying passion. It's part of who you are. It's part of what your company does with Hook and Vice and with Freebird. How do you get a company to even realize who they're selling to and and to know their customers inside and out? Because you just hit on something that really struck it with me. When, when, when you go in a fly shop and it's like, it's fun. It's an environment you want to be in. And, and you, you don't even realize you're selling. Like that's the best selling to me is when you don't even know it. You're just being yourself 
and all of a sudden people just want to get on board. Yeah. Uh, speak yeah. to that. Like, how does that even be a thing? Well, I've worked with a, a gentleman, Chip Wilson, for a long time. And he's he used to have West Beach, the snowboard clothing company, and you know, surf shorts and stuff. And then he started Lululemon, and we helped work with Lululemon for many years. And he was always very focused on goal setting and got me into goal setting as well. So setting goals and then really understanding, hey, this is where I want to be, and this is how I'm going to get there. And that's part of what you need to build a powerful brand. You know, you, you, it's like going on a road trip. We've got, uh, we're going to the American fly fishing trade show in Denver coming up. And I could just put Denver in my GPS and I could get there. No problem. But we're looking at it the other day and like, man, the number of rivers, if we do a big loop from Whistler, you go one way there and then the different way back and the amount of great fishing and good times we're going to have along the way. That's, that's all part of it. So, do you really need to just understand like who is your ideal target market who brings in the most the most revenue and who are the funnest to work with and the people that keep coming back and the people that tell the most people about you those are typically the the people that are the best customers and there's other guys that come in and they're always you know they might come in even with a super fancy car or truck but they're they're cheap they always want a deal and they kind of grill you and grind you and it's like Okay, well, that's that's not the kind of person I want to work with necessarily. It's part of the business, but it's not really who I want to attract more of those people that are always like great to work with. They listen to your advice. So we paint a picture around who that person is. And once we have that, then we think about, okay, what, what other brands do they buy into? What kind of truck do they drive? What What is it that, that makes them tick? And what do they want to see? And how do they want to be spoken to? Hmm. And what's their tone of voice? And then you kind of got to blend the two. There's two circles. There's one who the, the brand is, and then there's one who the target audience is. And then there's a little sliver when those two circles come together, there's this little sliver where they both live. And you can you need to be authentic to who you are as a brand. And you need to be able to communicate with your target audience in a way that really works. So if you can live in that little sliver with, with all the similar characteristics, then uh, usually in a pretty good place. I love it, man. That that's that's so well put, and I don't hear a lot of people verbalizing that because I think authenticity, um, you don't have to work at it; it just comes. And it, like you say, if you find that sliver, I want to talk about that sliver that you have with Hook and Vice because I know you've got these big brands out with Freebird, and you're working with a lot of big companies. But then you went out and you said, you know what? I'm going to do something for me, something I want to do, something I believe in. Talk about Hook and Vice, how you started that and, and that journey. Yeah, it's kind of a, a funny story. I I do a lot of work. For my, my buddy Jobby has a surf shop, kind of surf retreat in Costa Rica, who I'm going to go down and visit next week. And I've done a lot of his graphics for him over the years, uh, just kind of because he's a, he's a good friend and, and a really good guy. And I had done a hat, a baseball hat graphic, a patch on the front, and it was – it was really cool. And I wore it. It was a black cap and I wore it till it got pretty gross. And then one day my wife just said, okay, enough's enough. That hat has to go. I'm like, Oh man, that's my favorite hat. And then I took a look at it and I realized, yeah, it's, it's more Brown than black and kind of salt stained from plenty of time on the water. <laughs> so I went out looking for hats. I wanted to buy a new hat for myself. And I went to all the sh typical shops you go to and, 
Uh, I just didn't find one that I liked. This was a few years back now. So there, there's definitely a few more interesting brands or people are trying to step up their game a little bit. But at the time there was, there was nothing. And I thought, Oh, I don't really didn't want to wear a typical big box brand. So I made 200 hats, 100 of one style and 100 of another. And I thought, okay, if I make, first of all, you can't really make one really good hat unless it's just embroidered. But if you want to do a patch and have it really proper, you kind of got to do a few. So made a couple hundred and gave out a few to some buddies and then sold cheap to a few other buddies. And then within two weeks, all the hats were gone <laughs> uh, through friends of friends. They just sold them all. Like they didn't, I didn't hardly have to do anything. All my friends like, Hey, somebody saw my hat. I want, they want to buy one. They want to buy one. So I'm like, well, if they're selling, then uh, let's make, let's make a few more. So we made a few more and it was really grassroots at the time. We were ordering our patches from one company we were ordering our hats from another company. We were getting them all assembled here, and then we'd go to East Vancouver and have two different people. One person would iron on the patch. Mike Jackson from Jackson General Store would iron on the patch, and then I'd take it to another company, and they would sew it on. Um, we started with just ironing on, but that didn't. it wasn't really strong. Now, the last thing I want to do is produce an inferior product. Mm-hmm. So you know, quality quality for us is, is super important. So, yeah, and that was that. Then, you know, because I have the background in in branding and, and website design and and everything else, and I, I I do all my own graphics, you know. Eventually, it'd be great to hire someone to to help do some of it as well. But yeah, for now, all the graphics I'm doing, uh, my wife Josie, she's she's really great, and she helps with a lot of the finance stuff and a lot of consulting as well. Like oh, I wouldn't do that; that's pretty bad. And you see, if she says that, it, it doesn't really sell. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just kind of grew from there and, uh, now we're producing bigger numbers and, and it's been fun. We've, I've met so many amazing people, uh, through fly fishing and, and a lot of them awesome adventures. Uh, we do a lot of trips down South and always stopping in fly shops and we, we don't do a lot of sales. That's one thing we've been pretty lucky we, as mentioned, we're going to go to a trade show in Denver coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our first trade show. We've never done a trade show. And I've gone and talked to a couple of shops and said, hey, we've got these hats. But for the most part, shops will just call me up or send me a message on Instagram and say, hey, we want to sell your hats. Uh, they saw someone in the shop with it or mm-hmm. uh, some somehow they stumbled across us and thought, hey, that'd be cool. And there's, there's also a few shops that don't sell us, even, even locally. Like in Vancouver, there's some shops that don't sell us. They stick to the big brands, the, the, the Patagonias and the Sims and everything else. And I, and I understand, I guess, if you carry a smaller brand and there's just a, you know, they're not selling, you're not ordering massive orders, so then maybe it's not, it's less than easy. I don't understand. I don't fully understand it, though, because we are, we are a BC brand, born and bred. Noel, and, you know uh, what, you know what's funny, Noel is is I knew nothing about you before I looked you up, and I I thought you're a global brand. Okay, so you and I are not that far apart. I saw I, I saw your hats on Stillwaters. I saw them on FlyBC. I saw them in fly fishing shows. I saw them on Instagram. And I'm like, who who are these guys? And then I realized you're basically in my backyard. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like going. Who are these guys? And and because I know the, the the hook and vice brand, I think you're I think you're onto something. I love what you guys are up to, and and kudos 
follow the passion, right? Like it's like good stuff. If if it's has integrity, it's going to sell. And and not that you don't need to sell it. Like you said, you're not doing a lot of shows, but word of mouth is number one, and and just getting the product out there. I'm really curious to see how this show goes for you. I think it'll go real well. Yeah, thanks. And we really are in it just to have a good time. Like we're 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 smart and realize that hey, if we're, if we're a lot of it is like work. If I have to go in and add a new product to the website and I'm going in the code and adding stuff, it feels like work. It's it's not time flies and having tons of fun. Designing hats, I do enjoy that a lot. So there is an aspect of work, and I feel if it if it is work, then you need to get you need to get compensated for it. You have to make sure there's some money coming in for it. But really, why we do this is this is just such a great excuse. It's even a better excuse than we already had to get out the bush, spend more time on the rivers and the lakes and, and do a ton of fly fishing. And we're lucky as well. We've got this, we've got a, an eclectic, but a really cool team. And it's funny. I was, uh, I was fishing with Brian Chan some time ago. This is before I even started hook and vice. And I was, I was fishing with Brian Chan. He was like a stillwater legend mm-hmm. in, uh, well, in, we've been I trying to get him on the show for, for, for the whole time, but he, He's got to come on yeah, at some he, point, I'm hoping, but yeah, he's, he's, he, he will. he's my he number will. one go-to kind of guru. Boy, you fish with a guy like that, you are learning at a thousand miles a minute. The amount of knowledge and passion and stoke for fly fishing that this man has yeah. is unbelievable. And every time I go, I'm like, oh my goodness, I thought I knew what I was talking about and not even... So anyways, before Hook and Vice was around, I was I was chatting with him. I said, like, I'm going to start this brand Hook and Vice. And I'm going to start by selling hats, and we're going to evolve it into something much bigger. And I don't know what it is. And he's like, oh, well, I, I like a good hat. He's, he wasn't fully – he just like, that sounds interesting. I don't really know. but And then uh, luckily for me, his, his, his daughter loved Hook and Vice, and he's like, I'll be on your team. So it's <laughs> cool. He's, he's – he's, you go to all the big, big brands, and he's on their team. And then there's little Hook and Vice – and he's on our team too, so it's fun. And we had a bunch of young guys too. And but uh, yeah, he's he's a real character. I, I'm gonna ask you to describe your perfect day on the water, Noel. So I don't know if that happens to be in your neck of the woods around Whistler, or maybe it's somewhere you've traveled to. But walk us through, paint a picture for us, like you did at Emily Carp. Dial that in. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's. I don't have the perfect single day, but I'll tell you a few examples of things that we just absolutely love. So we love packing our, our backpacks full of like put a tent, waders, boots, and you know, you're trying to pack as light as possible, whether you'll hike for the day to a high Alpine Lake where there's tons of fish you can hit on the dry fly and you'll camp up in the middle of nowhere for a couple of days. And then you'll hike back down. And it's a lot of it's above tree line and it's just, it's just really cool. Cause it's, you know, you have to be dedicated to get there. There's not there. It's, there's no parking anywhere close. It's in the middle of nowhere and no cell phone reception. Also, that's another favorite one of mine. And there's some places close to here where I can get a cell cell range. So as soon as I get out of the cell range and my, my phone just becomes a camera, that's, that's when I'm in heaven. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Amen good. That. So the that's one. Yeah, that's one. Then we we've done some amazing trips up to the Rockies, middle of nowhere as well. You, you somebody's bringing a shotgun because there's tons of grizzlies and yeah, that kind of stuff we absolutely love. 
Another great trip that I love doing is going North Vancouver Island with my brother, Jason Fox. And it is fish from early morning till you can't see at night unless you stop in the day to tie some more flies because the fishing's been so good and you've been snapping off. And uh, those trips where you see tons of wildlife. Uh, in, last fall, we were on a river and the first afternoon we saw 11 bear. And that was just in about four hours. This river has, those. This river is the only river I've ever actually pulled bear spray out because you'd think maybe the bears are getting just a little bit too close. But I just love that kind of stuff. And then seeing elk, one of my favorite things is whenever me and my brother see elk when we're going fishing, if we're on a logging road, we spend a lot of time on logging roads. And if we see a herd of elk, we'll always try to sneak up and get super close to them. And they're so timid and they've, they're, they're gone. You break even the tiniest branch and they're out of there. But I did have one really cool experience this last fall where we saw a couple of uh, couple of elk cross roads. We snuck in and it turned out there was a grass, a very quiet grass path that we were able to sneak ahead of them and then get into the forest. And this huge herd of elk on both sides of us were just kind of tucked behind a tree. And this, then one finally saw me and then out of nowhere, this huge bull came and just stared me down for 15 seconds. It felt like 20 minutes. He was 10 feet away. And then the elk behind me broke a branch and that spooked him and they all ran off. But hmm. it's pretty cool. Like that's, that's, I love that kind of stuff. And then also catching fish is fun. So we'll usually, when me and my brother, we go into the rivers in the, in the fall or the late summer, we'll salmon fish until our arms get tired. And then we'll hike up to another lake. Usually we'll have belly boats with us. And we'll hike up to another lake and then we'll dry fly fish for a day. And then we'll head somewhere else to another river and then fish more salmon. You're killing me, man. It's like it's it's winter, and and I got the itch right now. If you could change, yeah, well, the fishing here, yeah, the fishing. That's the nice thing about being on the coast. Yeah, is we don't we don't get the freeze that you guys get. So yeah. there's always water flowing within, not not very far from uh, from Whistler. So it's always it's always nice to get out in the river. Yeah, you're in God's country. There are lots of options nearby. If you could change something about fly fishing, is there anything you'd like to see us do differently, Noel? Yeah, you know, it's the keep them wet idea is is really great. Like, there people are paying way more attention to getting the fish in and in, like keeping it in the water or just pulling it up quickly and then putting it straight back in. And I, but you still see it a lot, especially if you're on fishing on a river that's a meat fishery. The, the way that people treat the fish is pretty uh, pretty dire. So I'd like to see that change. Mm-hmm. Um, litter, part of our mission is pack it in, pack it out. I would really love to see people just start taking responsibility. You go in the middle of, sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere and then you'll come on this campsite. And just, they've left everything, just crap everywhere. I'm like, maybe they had it in a bag and a bear came along and ripped the bag open. Still, I was like, you bring it in, just bring it out. It's pretty straightforward. It doesn't, it's not rocket science. Let, let me ask you this as, as um, a BC guy. How many times you get home with your taco, you look in the back and you got all this crap that you never, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I do that all the time. And I think a lot of people do that. Like you just bring too much. No, I mean, like you pick it up. It's oh, like, it's like you're out there the and it's like, it's like you got the, the six pack uh, plastic holders you find in a Safeway bag here and there. You're out in the middle. That's the last thing I want to see. Oh, it's ridiculous. 
yeah, yeah, of course you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick it up. It's, it's, it's the right thing to do. And it's just, but it's at some point people are going to get switched on. Oh, I think, I think they are. Especially, I think they are. I think they are. Yeah, they are. And people are holding, like people are treating fish a lot better as well. And uh, they're being a lot smarter. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very rare. You'll, you know, I find a lot of, when the river is super high and then it drops, you'll find a bunch of lures and, and flies and stuff. And you don't find, it used to be that everything was all barbed all the time. And now you see the guys are actually starting to pinch their barbs a bit more and they're being a bit more conscious. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. So listen, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time tonight, but before we, we let you go, I, I want to get all your, all your media out there. So we're looking for hook and vice, uh, caps gear designed in BC. Where do we go? Talk about Freebird. Talk about Instagram. How do we look you up? Yeah. So if you, the best thing you can do if you want to pick up a hook and vice hat is go down to your local fly shop and ask them if they sell hook and vice. And if they don't sell hook and vice, tell them they should. <laughs> and then jump on our website, hookandvice.com. And it's spelled V-I-C-E. So it's it's kind of a play on words. So it's it's unlike the, uh, yeah, it's like fly fishing with my vice. And anyways, like, it's hook and vice. You got an issue. You got an issue with fly fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> look at my, my 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 fly tying room is like there's rods everywhere. It's just there's so much stuff. Every time I go to the fly, I go to a local fly shop and I'll, oh man, I need this, I need these hooks, I need these feathers, and I go to put it away and I realize I already have tons of it. So I've got an issue. <laughs> um, yeah, so go to hookandvice.com, or you can find us on Instagram at hookandvice. Yeah, cool. that's it. Just just Google us. We will pop up pretty quick, and the quality of our hats. Especially our new our new stuff that we're doing our pro model caps. I've had a black cap, the one I just posted on Instagram recently. I've had it for a, well over a year now, and it still looks mint. And I've taken it on several trips, like down to Costa Rica, uh, fishing all up and down the West Coast, in California, Oregon, Washington, up to the, up steelhead fishing up north, and it still looks mint. So there's something to be said for a cap that where where the the quality is such that it it withstands the uh the elements and a lot of our caps have a bit of stretch as well we we partner with flexfit even though we do fully custom hats it's partner with flexfit so they're snapbacks but they actually stretch so they're comfortable mm-hmm. and a lot of them are wicking as well so that they dry out a lot quicker so yeah if you're looking for a really quality cap look us up and uh, like I said, first go down to your local fly shop and see if they carry us. And if they don't, tell them they should. But then we, I love supporting local fly shops. It's, I grew up as a skateboarder and going down to the skate shop and just it was just so cool. So now fly fishing shops are my new skateboard shops where you, know, you talk to the guys. Everyone's talking fishing the whole time and they're talking different flies. I love it. But that's what I love is, is you have that memory of retail, how you want it to be. And you're making it how you want to be. I think we need to do that more. And for me, I get inspired. And I love what you guys are up to. Have an awesome season on the water, on and off, and the shows with Hook and Vice. We've been chatting with Noel Fox from Hook and Vice out of Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. Also with Freebird, building powerful brands. Thanks, uh, Noel, so much for coming on the podcast, man. Appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. You have a great night. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us 
at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.